Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I hope that you're blessed. Everybody blessed this morning. Amen. Are, are we awake or is it just me that's a little sleepy this morning? Amen. Pastor Brandon as well. We were, uh, we were, we were out of town. We were in Fredericksburg. We were celebrating, um, Claudia, uh, her, her birthday. And uh, she had, she had some, she had a group, a small group over there. And, and we didn't want to miss a second Sunday because we took our daughters to Disney World last, last week. And for Ellie's birthday, we had a really good time. Um, but we didn't want to miss again. So, I mean, we, we got, we got in this morning. Um, and I'm, I'm sleeping, man. We went to bed at like one o'clock, fell asleep at one o'clock, woke up about four 30. And so I'm, I'm standing up here by the sheer strength of the Lord because I'm about, <laughs> I'm about to pass out and go to sleep and ready for nap time. Um, but praise God, God is good. The word has to be spoken, right? Uh, it's a privilege to, to, to get to do the work of God. It doesn't matter how tired you are. It is a privilege to do the work of God. Amen. Um, and so this morning I want to speak, um, uh, a little bit brief, uh, briefly, um, as opposed to my, my normal sermon length. So you're in for, for, for a treat. Amen. Um, but I, I want to speak on, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the, to the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 33, chapter 33. And we have, we have some families out of town, uh, this week. Um, if you would just always be in prayer for one another, check in on somebody. If you don't see anybody at church, Tell them uh, after service, hey, we missed you. We hope everything is good. Amen. Let's continue to be the church. Um, so this is a very familiar passage. We're going to start with verse 17. Um, this is, just kind of give you a little bit of context, this is after the, the golden calf incident where Moses, you know, he went to the mountain to speak with God and to receive the stone tablets. And, and what he did is he left the people um, of Israel there behind. And at some point they begin to get impatient with Moses delay. And so they basically tell Aaron, Hey man, our leader is gone. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know when he's going to be back and we need something to give our devotion to. And, uh, so they tell, uh, uh, Aaron to build a, a golden calf so that they can worship it. And we have to remember that the Israel, uh, the Israelites, they were people who lived in Egypt for 400 years. So, uh, idolatry was so ingrained in these people, they, they were just so used to worshiping false gods. Um, and if you read the whole Old Testament, that's really why they kept abandoning God, because they would go and run to other other uh, forms of worship. But this was a moment in time in Israel's history where it was so important because God was trying to establish his people to be his chosen nation. His holy nation. They were called to be different. They were called to be sanctified. They were called to be set apart, much like us. Amen. We are called to not not look like the world. We are called to be set apart. We are called to be a royal priesthood. We are called to be holy. Somebody say amen. amen. And 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 so this was such a important moment for Israel. But Moses finally comes down from the mountain after speaking with God. And, and he gets to his assembly. He gets to the church that God has called him to lead and to pastor. And he, and he sees them worshiping a carven image. And God was upset. God was mad. He was about to smite them all. And Moses, being the great mediator and, 
advocate that he was for the people of God, much like Jesus is our advocate in heaven. If we didn't have Jesus advocating for us, man, we would have been smoting. I don't know if that's a word, but we would have been killed, struck down by lightning or something a long time ago because we don't, we don't deserve to be in the presence of God, but Jesus is there serving as our advocate. And so Moses, he prays to the Lord. He says, God, don't destroy your people. And God says, fine, I won't completely destroy my people, but I am not going to go with you to the promised land. Did you hear that? You can go to the promised land, but my presence, my dwelling, it stops here because the people have forsaken their God. This is, this is what happens when the people of God turn their backs to God. God will not dwell in places that he's not welcomed. God will not dwell in your home if he is not welcome in your home. The Holy Spirit is, is supposed to dwell in our midst. He's supposed to dwell in our minds and in, and in our hearts. And if our minds are consumed with anything but God and our hearts desire everything but God, then God's presence will not go with us in favor. But Moses, being the advocate, being the model of what the whole people of Israel should look like, says, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going. If you're, you're going to just send us off, but not also go with us. There's no point in going. We don't, we don't. And, and you know, I believe that this was the thing that God wanted to hear from the mouth of Moses. I believe that this was the very thing that God desired to hear from his servant. God, we don't need the blessings if it means blessings without you. We don't, we don't need the man-made glory if your glory isn't put on display. We don't need delivered promises if you aren't the one to deliver them. And so with this request, for Moses, God sees his heart and, and, and Moses is a man that doesn't just want the savior. He doesn't just want the refuge. He doesn't just want the provider. He wants the I am. He wants everything, the fullness of God. I want you on my side. And God honors his request, even though he leads a stiff necked people and Israelites, all they know how to do is, is whine and complain. God recognizes something in Moses that he believes will pour over into his people. And so just to give you that uh, context, I'm going to ask you to stand as we read the word, beginning with verse 17, Exodus 33. If you have it, say amen. 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 And it says, and the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do because you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. And Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I am gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where, where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. How beautiful would it be just to see the back of God? How beautiful would it be just to see a piece of God? Just, just, just a tiny fraction of the glory of God. Imagine being in the presence of God's glory. God, I don't even need to see your face. Just show me the back of it. And I believe, man, I'm just, I feel in my spirit, this has been a word that God has been speaking over to over me over the past few, few weeks about hunger. The church needs to hunger for the Lord. 
The church needs to crave time with the Holy Spirit. And I pray with this word that we begin to reflect on that. And right there where you're at, just just, let's go to God in prayer before we actually get into the word. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. And I pray, my God, that this word be spoken by you, Spirit of God. I pray that you would be on my lips, my God, and I pray that you would be in our hearts, my God, as we open our hearts and our minds to receive this, Father God. I pray, my God, that you make us hungry for you, Holy Spirit. I pray, my God, that that you allow us to thirst for you, my God, and be satisfied by you because you said, Lord, you said, Jesus, that, that the water that you drink of this well will make you thirsty again, but the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. You shall drink of it and be satisfied. I pray that you satisfy us with your presence this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen. It's, it's going to be a quiet Sunday. I don't have my, my super loud ameners. And, and the, the, the other loud amener this morning, Pastor Brandon, he's with me because he did the same trip. So he's half, half asleep as well. <laughs> but I, I entitled the message this morning. There will be glory. There will be glory. Not there might be glory. Not there won't be glory. There will be glory. Does anybody believe that? You have to believe that we will see the glory of God. Where there is a hungry church, there will be provision. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about the hunger for the Lord. To be hungry for God simply means to desire God. And we all have desires. We have different desires. We all hunger something. Right. And some people, they, they hunger for success. Some people hunger for relationships and good friendships. You might hunger for the things of God. You might hunger for the things of the world. It's natural for us to have all, all these different types of desires. But the people of God should always make the hunger of God the priority. We should always be hungry for God, because when you are hungry for God, you begin to seek God. There is something wrong when God's people no longer hunger for the Lord. It should cause you to reflect on your relationship with God if, if you no longer hunger for him. And I, I'm, I'm, not just, you know, I'm not just talking about like a, like a piece of God. I'm not just talking about desiring what God can do. I'm not talking about a, 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 you know, a, a miracle that God can do for you. I'm talking about God desiring God. I'm talking about desiring the fullness of God. I'm talking about hearing his voice. I'm talking about seeking his will, his goodness. I want you to notice something in the text. You know, it it wasn't enough for Moses to receive the blessing of the promised land. It's not enough for me just to receive the blessing if you're not going to go with me. And let's be honest, man. For some people, the blessing is is enough. There's been times where I, I probably wouldn't admit it in the moment. But if God just gave me the blessing... It probably would be enough. If I'm just being honest. We just want the blessing sometimes. That's why we ask God for things. The Bible talks about these 10 lepers who saw Jesus from afar. And, and they see him walking and they call out to him, son of David, have mercy on us. Heal us. Save us. And Jesus does it. He saves all of them. And only one of them returns to fall at the feet of Jesus. Because when you get the blessing, you kind of forget about the person who gave you the blessing. And you take the blessing and you just depend on the blessing instead of the one who gave it to you. And so maybe, maybe this morning you have a prayer that you've been praying to God and you're going to God and, and you have your hand out and you're like, Lord, bless me. God, give me. God, I need. And, and sometimes for us, when we get the blessing, 
we no longer depend on God. We depend on the blessing. And so, so maybe God withholds blessings from us sometimes because he knows that by giving us the blessing, we will no longer think that we need him. Well, I got the raise. Thank you, Jesus. I'm good now. I got the job. Thank you, Jesus. I'm good now. I got the healing. I don't need to seek you every single day because I already got it. And because we receive the blessing of God, we no longer cry out to God and seek him the way that we did when we had nothing. Mm. And so I think I really believe that sometimes when we go to God and we're so passionate about him and we're seeking his face and we're seeking his goodness and and we're saying, God, uh, I need you to come through. God, I need a breakthrough. God, and we spend a a moment with him. I believe that God just loves that because he just wants to be with your children, with his children. And maybe, maybe he knows that by giving you the blessing, that's the last time you're going to talk to him for a while. You get the job and you ain't going to show up to church anymore. You get the job and you're not going to break down at the altar and just be in his presence. And so what I love about this passage is, is, is God sees the heart of Moses. He sees his heart. It's not just about the blessing. It's about the presence. It's about the favor. It's about, it's about God. And so God says, okay, my presence, Moses, will go with you. You got it. My presence is going to go with you. Praise, praise the Lord, right? But, but then we read verse 18, and Moses is still asking for more. Like, dang, Moses. Like, God, God already didn't smite the people at your request. And, and, and now he has agreed to go with you, even though he wasn't going to go with you. Quit while you're ahead, man. T- take, take the win. Take the win. Say thank you, Jesus. And I'm sure that, that Moses was grateful to God. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for going with us. But he says, I want to see your glory. Amen. Thank you for all that you did. Thank you for all that you didn't do. But now I just want you. That's it. The amount of thirst and hunger for the glory of God that Moses had, man, that is inspiring. I want that. This is a man who received two answered prayers back to back. And then he says, all right, God, now let me just have you. Now let me just have your glory. And you know what? God's God's presence is, is all that we need. You know, if you're surrounded uh, by God's presence at, at home, at work, at school, in your social life, whatever it is, you've got everything you need. And, and as believers, we're so thankful for that, that God goes with us and, and in the valley, he's with us. And in the storm, he's with us. And in the, in the battles, in the success, he goes with us. His word says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. But sometimes the spirit just wants more. Sometimes you just want more. God, thank you for being, for abiding in my home. Thank you for abiding in my midst. Thank you for being with me in the coming and in the going and, and at work and at school. Thank you for being with me. But I just want more. I just want more of you. I want more of you. There's nothing wrong with asking God for more of him. You know, sometimes we, we want to be careful. Oh, I, I just want, I got to be grateful for what I got. But, but asking for more of God, man, God loves that stuff, man. There are times where you ask God 
for, for just more of him. Lord, give me more of you. That's a constant prayer of mine. Lord, less of me. I, need, I don't need more of me. Sometimes I'm fed up with me. Give me more of you and so much less of me. Give me so much more of you that I don't even recognize myself because you are just so consumed in who I am. Give me more of you. There are times, I shared this a few weeks ago, where, where I, I say, God, I, just want, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your audible voice. I want to experience your word at a new level. There are times where your spirit just needs a little bit more time in the presence of God. You just need a little extra minute or two at the altar. You just need that bridge to play one more time because the spirit of God is speaking to you. There's, there, there are times where the spirit just hungers for God. And God responds to that. God responds to your hunger. And you might not hear his voice audibly like you wanted to. And you might not see the miracle that you wanted to see. And you, not, you might not hear a chorus of angels singing back up with the worship team like you wanted to. I've actually asked that before. I'm like, God, I don't want to see your glory. Just let me just open up the heavens and let me see all the angels. Like I ask them for some crazy stuff sometimes, man. And I've never seen a chorus of angels. I've never heard angels sing in harmony with the worship team. Never seen it. But God still responds. The spirit of God responds to a spirit that hungers for him. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. They will receive it. So sometimes the spirit just wants more. Just want more. And if if you don't, if you're here this morning and you don't know what I'm talking about, you're like, I've never wanted more. I've always been all right. I'm I want to make this point. I'm not coming at this from like a, like a judgmental angle where I'm like wagging my finger at you. Like you need to want, you need to want more. You need to want more. You better want more. All right. I'm not, I'm not telling you that you need to do so much more than what you're already doing. You know, messages like that have often, I think, turned a lot of people away because we realize, man, I can't be perfect. I can't be perfect all the time. And I can't be holy all the time. And my level of piety might not be as high as somebody else's level of piety. For example, you know, I, I, uh, I study the Bible a lot. I, study, I, I, I read the Bible a lot. I, I, I'm in the scriptures daily. I study the Bible more than any other person on the world. Right? That was my Donald Trump joke. <laughs> a tough crowd this morning, man. <laughs> I read the word a lot, but I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that you need to, you need to put more, more hours of, of, of Bible study. I'm not going to stand up here and say, if you leave to work at 7 a.m., you got to be up at 5 a.m. and put two hours every day because that's how I do it. That's not how I do it. But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here and say, well, if you're not waking up at four or three o'clock in the morning to seek the Lord, then you don't love the Lord. That's, that's, that's not. That's not true. What I am saying, though, is that when you do hunger for more of God, when you do seek him in ways that you've never sought him before, God may begin to manifest in ways that you've never experienced. Where where there is a church that worships the Lord in spirit and in truth. That says, Lord, show us your glory. There will be glory. There's a song that we sing, mostly in Spanish, 
Yahweh se, se, se manifestará, right? Yahweh se manifestará. It's a beautiful song. And it, 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 it's, it's basically saying when you call upon Yahweh, he manifests. When you, when you seek him, he manifests. He will reveal himself. But hunger is often a prerequisite, church. Jesus said that the true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth, right? This means that true worship happens when the people of God listen to their spirit. Did you hear that this morning? You didn't hear it because y'all are too quiet this morning, man. Is my, is my level of energy rubbing off? <laughs> you have to listen to your spirit. Too many times we're trying to get our flesh to do what the spirit is trying to do or what the spirit is supposed to do. This is why, okay, you see somebody else in worship, lift up your hands. You're like, oh, snap, I better lift up my hands. Pastor Marisa this morning said, lift up your hands. Oh, snap, I better lift up my hands. <laughs> right? That, that, that true worship is done in spirit. You know, that, that, that's, that's your, a lot of times we, we look at the worship of others and we try to replicate it. Because we feel like, okay, if I'm not worshiping like that person is worshiping, I'm going to get judged because I'm not a great worshiper. That's your flesh creating a false worship. Just don't do it. Don't do it. If you're going to do it because someone else is doing it to try to replicate a false worship and it's not coming from the spirit, it's not true worship. Spirit and in truth. True worship is done in spirit because your spirit was created to worship God. The very breath, the very spirit of God was breathed into the spirit of man. Your flesh struggles to worship God sometimes, man. Your flesh wants to stay home. My flesh wanted to, 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 to go home this morning, coming in at 5 a.m. I wanted to go home. I wanted to go to sleep. That's what the flesh wanted. The flesh wants to sin. The flesh wants to, to, to worship something, something physical, something tangible, like the Israelites who built this, this physical idol. The only time, listen, the only time the flesh wants to worship God is when the flesh is suffering. God help me. God save me. God heal me. I'm hurting. God, I need. But worship, worship that is done in spirit. When, you're, when your spirit worships, then the flesh follows. Right? When, when you allow your spirit to lead, then the flesh will fall in line. Right? That's why, that's why when you hunger for God, that, that's when your lips begin to sing. That's when you begin to dance. You can't contain yourself. That's when you begin to raise your, your, your physical hands. That's when your knees hit the ground. But your spirit has to hunger. Because if you're going through the motions but the spirit is not there, it's false worship. And there's no hunger. Moses had everything that he had already asked for. God's people were saved, praise the Lord. God's presence was going to go with them into the promised land. But the spirit of Moses in that moment, speaking to God, he was crying out to God. This wasn't about the Israelites anymore. This wasn't about his pastoral calling anymore. This wasn't Moses being a representative. This was Moses having a one-on-one with God. He just, he just wanted intimacy with his God. Church, we cannot lose intimacy with the Lord. We can't, we can't lose that. Shallow moments with God result in shallow relationships with God. 
And so if you're just coming to church, you're singing a couple worship songs, you're shaking a few hands, you're saying a couple amens, and that's all you got, your relationship is going to reflect it. Shallow moments create shallow relationships. Now, can you be saved and love God without having all these intimate moments? Sure. Yeah, I think so. But when your relationship with God isn't deep, you listen, uh, you, do I have your attention this morning? You got to get this. When your relationship with God isn't deep, when it doesn't have roots, when it has no solid foundation, you run the risk of that lack of hunger to be turned into apathy. What happens when you're not hungry and when you go not hungry for too long? You stop, you stop feeding your body nutrition. You stop receiving the thing that your body needs to survive. So when your spirit stops hungering for God for too long, it begins to lose the spiritual nutrients that it needs to survive. And it begins to die. And you stop coming to church. And you stop hanging out with, the, with, with, with other Christians because you don't really want anything to do with them anymore. And you stop calling out to God. You stop praying because you let yourself go not hungry for too long. The Bible describes Moses as a man who had fellowship with God. He heard God's voice audibly. Uh, the Bible describes him as, as, as speaking to God face to face. The Bible also says, I think it's in the end of Deuteronomy. It says that there was no other prophet like Moses who walked with God daily, who spoke to God face to face. Moses didn't just visit God twice a week at church. He didn't just hang out with God during his morning commute. He had intimacy with the Lord that caused him to always want more. Of God, Because when you taste of the goodness of God, you just want more of that goodness. Because nothing else can satisfy it. When you've tasted the grace of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, nothing else compares. So you just keep feeding off the right stuff. It's like a good steak, right? A good medium rare filet or ribeye. Nothing else compares. There's no other food in the world better than a good steak. Amen? <laughs> the ones who didn't say amen, y'all not trying to medium rare. Y'all getting it well done. Y'all need, a, y'all, y'all need to stop that nonsense, man. It's a sin. <laughs> Come on, brother. I don't know. <laughs> but when you, when, you, when, you, when you experience God, you just want more of God, church. You know, um, I think we've all heard about the, the, the Asbury revival that took place, right? I wanted to comment on it last week, but I wasn't here. I was in Disney World with Mickey Mouse, um, having a good time. But there's been, there's been a, lot of, a lot of comments of, of, of people kind of speculating whether or not it, was, it should actually be classified as a, as a true revival. Um, there was an estimated 50,000 people that stopped by the, the, the campus just to witness for themselves what was going on. Um, that's what a move of God does, church. It draws attention. When people are, are lining up at the doors to get in, 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 into the place where God's presence is, it draws attention from people driving by. What is going on in there? Who, who do they got in there? Who's a special guest in there? Is T.D. Jakes preaching today? Well, who, who is it? It draws attention. And, and I believe that there was probably people, look, 
I'll just be honest. There was, there was most likely a lot of people who went there just because they were curious, just to check it out. I'm sure there was a lot of people there to just criticize. They, they were going in there like, I'm, I don't know about this. I'm sure there was people who didn't actually hunger themselves for a move of God. They just wanted to see what was happening. But I also know, I also know that there were people who truly desired more of God. Before it blew up on TikTok, before it made national news, there was a small group of people, young people, just gathered together, hungering for God. We can't, we can't even say that they were having church because they weren't really even having church. They were just having fellowship with the Lord. Whether you want to call it revival or not, people were hungry for the glory of God. And the glory of God descended upon them. These were people that were worshiping in spirit and in truth. And, and, and if, if what happened at Asbury did nothing else, it at least reminds us that the people of God need to hunger for God again. Amen. Church, look, man. It's so easy to worship God at church. Because it's just, it's just the environment. It's the atmosphere. It's so easy just to do it. It's like if you go into a bowling alley, you're probably going to bowl because you're in a bowling alley. Are you going to create a, a, a bowling alley at your home? Do you love bowling that much? That's a weird example. <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like if you go into an atmosphere that was created for something, it's going to be easy to do it. But what happens when you go into an atmosphere that it, wasn't, it was designed for something different? Can you still worship there? I, I, love, I love the worship songs. I'm a worship leader. I love, I love worship ministry. But let's be real, man. Some people can't worship God without worship music. Every time, every time you're going to worship God, oh, let, me put my, let me put my songs on. It's like we need a stimulant. Yeah, set the mood. We need, we, we, we need, a, we, we need a stimulant to get us into the presence of God. And then it's not just any worship song. It's got to be the right song. Come on, that song don't get me there. It's got to be in a minor chord because the minor chords are more emotional chords. I pay attention to these things, man. The, the songs that hit hard are the ones in minor chords. It's just the truth. It's, there, there is a very emotional aspect to music. You can't deny that. Sometimes we need the right lighting. Can't be too dark, but it can't be too bright. Got to be perfect. AC needs to be about 70. If it's too cold, if it's too cold, I just want to put a blanket on or sweater on, take a nap. If it's too hot, I'm just, I'm, I'm sweating. There's people who can't worship in the wrong environment. And if, if I'm speaking to you this morning, man, I, I love you and I, and I say this with love, but maybe you just don't hunger enough for God. When everything needs to be right before you can actually do the thing that you were supposed to do, I don't know if you hunger for it. When you sit down for a meal and you're starving because you've been working all day, maybe you hadn't been eating all day, maybe you've gone a few days without food and, 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 and you're, you're starving, man. When you get home, you don't check to see if the right lighting is there before you eat. You don't get, you don't get home and be like, oh, I don't like the food presentation. Let's, let's change it up. Let's, let's, let's get the other plates. You know, if you're starving, you're just going to eat. If you're, if, you're, if you're really starving, you'll you eat it off the floor, man. Like, if, you're done, like if, you, if you are really starving. But so many of us, we just, it has to be right. 
Churches in America, man, they come to church not even hungry. Do you, I mean, do you, do you think, do you agree with that? Like so many churches, it's, it's so easy for us just to come into church because it's what we do every Sunday. And we come in not hungry and we're asking the wrong questions. Where's the coffee at? Where's sister so-and-so? Where's brother so-and-so? Where are we going after church for lunch? Bro, God is in the room. God is in the room. God is in the room. God is in there. You asking about coffee? God is in the room. Moses was on a mountain. He was on a mountain. He had no lights. He probably couldn't see a dang thing. There was no music. There was no internet. There was no people. There was no altar call. There was no powerful sermon. It was just Moses and God and a desire. We got to learn to hunger again, man. Worship team, come up. We need a hunger for God, man. We got to be so eager sometimes for the preacher. I mean, I, I love the word of God. It's an incredibly important aspect of, of church and we need it and we can't do without it. But we should also be so ready for pastor to finish so we can just run up to the altars and spend some time in the presence of of God, we need a hunger. We we need to we need to not be able to wait for Sunday because Sunday, man, it's just it, it's 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 everything. It's it's where the brothers and the sisters uh, come in Christ, and we gather in the presence of God, and we just worship and we seek the glory of God. Do you hunger, church, for God? Did you come here this morning just out of routine, or did you come to worship? With your fellow brothers and sisters, do you desire to see the glory of God over your life? Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God says, and I spoke about this a little bit earlier ago. He says, I will make my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. See, the the glory of God, church. I'm about to close. I just want you to get this. The glory of God isn't about, it's not just about the wow factor. It's not the way we the way that we think about the glory of God. We think of it as the result of something good that happened. We wait for the miracle, and then we're like, "Oh, glory to God!" We wait for the healing. Oh, glory to God! We we give God glory after the result of something good, but that's not what the glory of God is. The glory of God is the goodness of God. It's who He is. It's His personhood. God didn't show Moses a miracle on that mountain. The, the, the prayers of Moses that were already answered. He didn't do some act like he did in, in, in Egypt where he parted the Red Sea. The glory of God isn't just about God doing something. It's just about God revealing himself. We need the church to simply long for the presence and revelation of God. Believe for miracles, yes. Rejoice in the answered prayers, yes. But let's just have let's just have moments with the Father. That's the glory of God, the goodness of God. God is always good. We say it every Sunday. God is good all the time. That is God's glory. 
Doesn't matter what moment you're in. Doesn't matter what situation you're in. Doesn't matter how low life has you. And sometimes life will have you very low, but the glory of God is still there. It doesn't just exist in an answered prayer. It doesn't just exist in a miracle. It is there in your lowness. It is there in your sickness. It is there in your depression. The glory of God is always there because it is. he is constantly good. And that is what the church needs to come back to. The glory of God. God, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. I want to see your face, God. I want to know you more. I want a new experience with you more, my God. And even if it's not a new experience, I just want to experience you, God. I just want you. I just want more of you. Show us your glory, my God. The text says that Moses would only get to see a piece of God's glory. Moses could not see the fullness of God's glory and live. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. Kabod. Kabod means weight. It literally means weight. Glory of God means weight. And so when we're talking about the glory of God, we're talking about the significance of God. Moses wanted to see more of the glory of God. So when we ask for the glory of God to fall, we are asking for the weight of God to descend upon his people. Let me feel the pressure of your presence. Let me feel the fullness, the weight of your presence. your glory my God why don't you stand this morning church and I just want us to have a moment with God I want us to say that this morning God show us your glory show us your glory and maybe you're here this morning and and you've never hungered for the Lord this way and you're saying Pastor Ryan how do I hunger for more of God I've never experienced it Ask, ask God for more of him just ask him Say, God, reveal yourself to me. God, show yourself to me. God, put your weight on me. Because once you experience it, you're going to hunger for more of it. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.